Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is your fourth and final Punchstown Festival preview, looking at both the Friday and the Saturday's racing. We've already recorded day one, day two and day three. So if the racing hasn't already taken place, although that's impossible with day one because we are recording this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, do go back and, uh, and watch those and listen to those before watching this to make sure you're getting all the guys' tips as well. Uh, I'm your host, George Ellick, and as was the case in Thursday's preview, I'm joined by two expert guests in Ed Quigley and Johnny Ward. Not much else to kind of really catch up on. I feel like we've spoken about, you know, the fact that it was fairly hot out there, that the ground's going to be, um, you know, not, not the most testing. Uh, but we did just have a nice chat off air, Johnny, and I'm going to come back to you on this, about the, the, the pronunciation of a horse that I often get wrong. You know, I often say on this podcast, I say Kilcrute the whole time, and one particularly pernickety friend of mine always messages me and says, it's not Kilcrute, it's Kilcrut according to you know connections but our man on the ground over in ireland isn't so sure is he yeah i think um i think this might be the village where willie mullins yard is based now if i'm wrong on that fair enough but like so basically you your compatriots came over and ruined our country all these years ago and changed <laughs> the names to english so kill kill you have a lot of irish place names um, with the prefix kill and it doesn't mean to actually kill it means kill was the irish for church so it was like this is the church of blah 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 but clearly so the name was changed from whatever the irish was kill something to kill cruise and clearly, the the locals were essentially too lazy. I mean, anyone that can pronounce K-I-L-C-R-U-I-T as Kilcross, it just makes no sense. So basically, it's Irish laziness. They're like, ah, whatever, just call it Kilcross. There we have it. We'll be talking about Kilcruit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Later on in the episode. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, before we get into the previews, because we are going to rattle through a few of these um, over in Ireland, they're more sensible than they are over here and they don't price up races four days in advance. So we haven't got loads of prices to work with, but we'll do the, the 5.25 and the 6 o'clock on, on the Friday. And we'll also do the um, do one race on the Saturday as well with prices. And then we can look at a couple of the others where guys the guys have fancies as well. So we're doing our best. Apologies if it's a bit all over the place and we don't have prices for all of the selections, but hopefully there'll still be plenty of insight. Well, there will. There absolutely will be insight. I can guarantee you that. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Do download the Odds Check app now. As ever, always have to say this because uh, we want you to get the best prices. Bookie offers free bets and place terms so important, even in this first race we're going to cover here, the second race on Friday. Um, you've got place terms varying from a quarter of the three to a fifth of five. So so ensure you do use it for that. And you can find Andy Holdings tips straight there as well onto the app too. Uh, Andy is a punchstown. That's why he's not joining us on this show today. But fear not, he is going to be joining me. We're doing a one-on-one pod on Friday morning from his hotel over in Ireland, uh, looking ahead to the Guineas too. So we're not done on the Odds Checker betting show yet. This is just our last Punchestown preview. Enough waffling from me. Time to look at the racing. And we're going to start with the 4.15, uh, the novice handicap chase. Why, you might ask, why are you starting with this race that has no prices? Well, it's because it's got Ed's biggest fancy in it. Yeah, obviously shooting in the dark about the prices. But um, I, I mean, I've, again, I've done the tissue for this. I actually think horse number 11 on your card here, Gevre, could actually be favourite. But I kind of got it 5 to 1, 11 to 2 to field. I mean, I may be way off. Obviously, I said I'm shooting in the dark to some extent. But um, I just I just think this horse has got everything going for him. Obviously, the Gordon Elliott team are on absolute fire at the moment. And uh, only six. Horse has taken a little while to, to warm to chasing, I think it's fair to say. You know, this is will be his 10th chase start as a six-year-old. But the signs are really good recently. Uh, Included Fairy House last time out when absolutely bolting up. Uh, two key factors with this horse. 
Number one, I think, is the ground. He, he seemed to really enjoy it last time out. He got a bit stuck down in the mud at, uh, at Nace back in February. Uh, and again, when he was beating at Goulburn Park uh, on his penultimate start as well. So I, I do think that the dry and ground, he seemed to really thrive and enjoy it. And also I think that's dovetailed uh, with the trip as well here, George. You know, the two times he's run over or gone up to two miles of five furlongs, he's got the job done in pretty convincing style on both occasions. I, I don't think those shorter trips work. I actually think... He will be over three miles sooner rather than later. I think they'll make plenty of use of him. Uh, I think he's on an upward curve, as I said. Six-year-old, proven race by race. And I think this ground, where there's a few others in here, I think would prefer it much softer. I think he will absolutely thrive on it. So, um, again, uh, guess what? Regards the price, um, I, I penciled him as a tissue at around the six to one mark. I'd be very happy to take that. And, uh, I, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's going to be rock solid. Rock solid one there for Ed. Um, no prices, as you say, but at least a, a little guide price there where Ed thinks he should be in the market. Uh, Johnny? Yeah, he has a chance. I'm going to put forward one here at a big, big price. I think Il Cura, he could be 25s, 33s maybe because he is, I think, £4 out of the handicap. PJ O'Hanlon, who you will you may remember me from winning the Grand National, obviously, last week, he's claiming seven. Um, the key to this race is there's so much pace on. There's so much pace on. So if you fancy fighter Allen, um, there's a worry that he flopped at Punchdown last year and the fact that there's certain to be someone taking him on up front if he goes to front right place right time jumps like he's owned by my friend Paul Byrne he's been desperately unlucky because probably should have won at Leopardstown over hurdles in, in February or, or certainly was unlucky um, and definitely should have won the last day he jumped violently out to his left particularly over the last two under Maxine O'Sullivan who rides again um, this horse has jumping issues he just stays 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 I don't think this is going to be as much much of a stamina test for him or a Efficient stamina test. He, French Dynamite, and Fighter Allen could all be up there. And obviously, Birchdale uh, would have to be respected as well because he he was quite good, I thought, at Leopardstown at the Dublin Race Festival, well backed. Um, and Shane Fitzgerald is claiming five off him. But I think Ilkura will love the ground, unexposed, steps up and trip, and will get a strong pace to sit off. So, my, my selection on a big price. Nice. We've got a, a well, we don't have prices, but we've got one we think will be a, a single figure price, one we think will be a, a bigger price in Gevray and Ilkura for the guys. Second race we're going to cover is the Mayor's Chase, uh, the third on the card, the 450. And again, no prices as it stands yet, but plenty of, of familiar names and a race not short of quality. Dulcita, Ellie May, uh, Scarlet Dove, Daphne Moon, Rapid Response and Hurricane Georgie are the six there that will, well, that are entered at the moment will hopefully go to post. Um, Johnny, again, no prices so hard to really make too much sense of it. But what do you reckon? Uh, who would you, you know, who would you be looking out for a price when they do come out? Yeah, I, I backed Ellie May at Cheltenham last year and without going on about it again, I'm still sore how she was beaten that day. Um, Colreevy just, I thought, Mark, like this is over, what are we, 14 months ago? Mark Walsh is probably my favourite jump rider in the business. I think it was not a good ride that he gave her that day. Other than, So I think she probably should have won that. Fair enough, she disappointed um, at Aintree in December, but other than that, I mean, she's basically bulletproof, jumps well, loves the game, finds plenty for pressure. I just can't pick a hole in her. Can't pick a hole in her, Ed, can you? No, um, our form's turned inside out. So they, they put the tongue tie on and the cheap pieces, which normally start to ring alarm bells for me, but they've worked with aplomb, haven't they? Uh, she bolted mm. up at Nace and then uh, got the job done at, at Cheltenham. Official figures suggest she's got a lot in hand, you know, blah, blah, blah. The the, the big asterisks of end of a season. But other than that, um, if you can get odds against, it's a very good bet, I think, personally. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine she'd be around even money. And um, I, I think she'll take all the beating. There you go. We'll take all the beating there. Uh, Ellie May, the, the one for, for these two 
here in the, the third. Uh, thankfully, we've got some prices to work with now, although we've got a feeling the, um, the, the, the chat here might be that it's not the best betting heat. Uh, six runners at the moment for the uh, Paddy Power Champion Hurdle. For a time, it's looked like it could be one of the most intriguing races, uh, not just in the National Hunt season, but in recent years. But Honeysuckle is the only superstar that comes to course here uh, at five on best price at the moment. Uh, St. Roy is 10 to 1. Tiapu 11 to 1. Adagio 22 to 1. Echoes and Rain 33 to 1. And Durasso at 50 to 1. Now, before you know, we, we get into to kind of the, this preview. I think we let's just have a chat about the race that wasn't and what we make of it. Um, it wouldn't be the odds checker betting show if we didn't talk about Constitution Hill, of course, um, a, a, a very popular topic on here, tipped up by Barry Geraghty, who who bred him um, at 40 to 1 before his first run. Hopefully a few uh, regulars were on that day. I, you know, I think a few regulars certainly know that I was too. Ed, do, do you support the decision not to, for you know not for connections not to take up the the Titanic clash that could have been the the honeysuckle Constitution Hill battle here? Is it fair that we have to wait for another year or so to to see it probably at Cheltenham? Yeah, I think it's a big storm in a teacup. To be honest, you have covered this uh, a bit bored of it now, really. You know, the owner after a couple of glasses of Merlot, kind of half hinted he, <laughs> he, he he liked to have a run a novice at the Pudgestown Festival. Nicky Henderson, not his style. It's not been his latest like, style for five decades, has it? He poured cold water on it, and it's just a big non-story. I mean, yes, in an ideal world, we, we'd love to see Constitution Hill go and take Honeysuckle. I actually think it'll probably never end up happening. Uh, my kind of gut feeling is halfway through next season, Honeysuckle might start to regress and something happens. And, uh, you know, already uh, I see connections are saying, you know, they're going to run Honeysuckle one more season. As soon, soon as she shows she's not what she was, we'll be very quick to draw stumps, all those kind of cliches. And, look, Prepare for disappointment. That's often a way of horse racing. And when you get a great, <laughs> when you get something great, enjoy it. But um, to me, yeah, I mean, you know, not obliged to send him over. You know, crikey, he's only had what the three starts or something. Yeah, to me, yeah, would have been great to see. Um, not the first time's happened. Won't be the last time. And all in all, yeah, just a bit of a bit of a non-story. If, if Michael Buckley hadn't have ever said anything. Uh, you know, it wasn't. They, mean, they, they, they did enter him, didn't they, as well? Yeah, I ran up, but you know, you can enter a horse. One, what I'm trying to say, it's not like the connection's like, yeah, we're definitely going to run. And then they've kind of done a Rich Richie Vaux tour and, and switched him a length there. And then, quite rightly, I think there'd be a lot of upheaval. Uh, here, it was a tentative entry, and and that was all it ever was. And um, yeah, I think it's probably long forgotten about in the uh, Seven Barrows camp by now. Johnny, it's a non-story. Anything to add to it? Or, or at least, I mean, if we had seen the battle in this mythical race, um, you know, the, the early prices had a Constitution Hill in at about, you know, 15 to 8, 7 or 4. But that was, of course, with no money back guarantee if if he came out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm spoofing a bit here, given my my lack of jockey's experience. But I, I don't think you should underestimate running a novice in a race like this. Sam Crow fell in this race as a novice. Um, now, I'm not saying that's, like, impinged on his subsequent career, but... You're taking on a really, really good mare who is incredibly hardy uh, with a horse who could be an absolute superstar as a novice. Um, you know, I, 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 I completely agree with that. I think I'm, as much as like I think Nicky Henderson does molly coddle horse a little bit, particularly before Cheltenham, wouldn't uh, agree with. I wouldn't have if I owned the horse, I wouldn't be running him here to be honest. I'd be looking after mm. him with kid gloves. Um, if there was an angle into having a bet in the race, maybe echoes and rain without. I think <laughs> <laughs> very <ridiculous>. tentatively, <laughs> but um, 
I should say um, Barry Garrity actually didn't breed uh, Constitution Hill. He bought him as a foal, I think. So, because um, you know the way breeders will get pernickety about these things, but he did pick him out as a foal, so he's a good judge. But um, I, I actually hope, to be honest, George, I hope only Suckle, I'm not a sentimentalist when it comes to horses, but I hope she retires unbeaten. Um, I think it'd be great if she did. She's an amazing mare, and as much as, fair enough, she's beaten what's in front of her and so on and so forth, but she gives me the impression she pretty much would beat whatever is in front of her. Well, a five on, uh, I, I think she's going to go. I mean, except for the Akabaka, it's probably going to go largely unbacked here. But Ed, judging by your, your reaction, um, you agree with Johnny's assessment that Echoes and Rent could be the one to side with here. And there is a, a very early market uh, for without Honeysuckle and Echoes and Rent currently nine to one in that market. Well, usually I'll come on here with like my chain mile, my shield, my bulletproof armor <laughs> with like Andy holding like firing shots at me on, on everything I'm suggesting. This is quite remarkable. Me and Johnny are tipping outsiders of the field, green on the same favourites. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, uncanny. Um, but yeah, I actually think Echoes of Rain, why on earth she ran over two and a half at the festival? I don't know. I mean, she is one of the keenest going mares in training. Um, mm. They stepped her up, didn't they, by Marie's Rock. She did as well. She did well to get six and a half lengths behind Marie's Rock, I think, considering she was pulling Patrick Mullins' arms out for, for half that circuit. Yeah, if you go back to a Leopardstown run, you know, back at the uh, the Dublin Racing Festival, she was, what, six lengths behind Honeysuckle there. Again, she was a bit keen. Um, I, I just think, yeah, a strongly run two. I, look, she's clearly not made up into what I think Connections hoped she would be uh, at this time last year. Nonetheless, I don't actually think she's really had a race run to suit. Uh, I remember the Charger race back in November was running an absolute cruel, I think, a three-runner race. Uh, Everything's that could go wrong pretty much has gone wrong for her, uh, allowing for the fact she's not made it up to the grade, we think. But uh, I think if they go a good gallop here, I don't think it would be in uh, Rachel Blackmore's interest to see this turn into a bit of tactical malice. I think she'll be running she wouldn't shock me if she tried to pillar the post it and run them ragged. You don't want to leave this to turn in some kind of dawdling little sprint on good ground up the running. So I think Honeysuckle will make this a test. And uh, I think, yeah, if Echoes in Rain could just drop the bit, I think she can kind of mop up the pieces here and, and travel through into second. You know, uh, St. Roy's got his limitations. Adagio, um, for a horse who's run, always run very well at Cheltenham albeit at a lower level, uh, ran deplorably in the champion hurdle. I uh, you know that I gather there are a few excuses after. Uh, Durasso kind of is what Durasso is, 153-rated nine-year-old. Dehupu uh, spoke to Robbie Power after champion hurdle, and he said the ground was far too quick. He said he he, he wants softer heavy. Well, there's no, he's going to have the same kind of ground problems if you're taking the excuse from last time out on face value. So, again, it's one of these... Uh, process of elimination races where Honeysuckle, if she's still Honeysuckle, she wins easily. And it's a case of who follows her home. And I do think, I think Echoes in Rain, Paul Towner will ride her quietly to try and just try and get her to switch off. And I think she can um, pick up the pieces here and, and follow Honeysuckle home. So yeah, forecast without what other kind of angle, Honeysuckle to be Echoes in Rain would be, uh, be my play in the champion hurdle. Honeysuckle to beat Echoes in Rain, the one there, uh, or, or in the without market as well, as I say, nine to one best price at the moment. Uh, Johnny, anything to add on, on Honeysuckle or, or this race? No, not, not, not um, pretty much what Ed said there, I think. And Paul Townend will ride her to um, pick up the pieces, I think, and not necessarily get into a battle with Honeysuckle. And as I mentioned in relation to Blue Lord, um, Echoes in Rain was actually very good at this festival last year, so I expect she'll run her race. Yeah, exactly. The guys agreeing yet again. Let's see if they agree on the, the final race we're going to be covering in detail. Uh, the six o'clock, it is the champion novice hurdle. And Stateman is the 13 to 8 favourite head of three stripe life at uh, 11 to 4. Kill Kruit, Kill Strut, <laughs> Kill Kruit, whatever. 
whatever you want to say, nine to two here. Uh, Flame Bear in nine to two as well. Highlands charge twenty to one, and deploy the getaway forty to one as it stands uh, in this one, uh, Johnny. Fascinating race. It's probably mm. to me, it's probably mm. a no bet race because I, I just think there are too many angles into it with uh, Kilcruet uh, stepping up and trip and so on. Um, I love Three Stripe Life as a Three Stripe Life as a horse. Big fan of Leading Light as a stallion, and I love the way this horse goes about his business. Um, if anyone could have backed him in running after the sort of second last in entry when he came off the bridle at a price, they probably mm. got great value because he finds plenty for pressure. State man, um, I thought he did extremely well at Cheltenham considering he, he lost ground out wide. He was very very good. Quote for me, I I thought he was. To be honest, I thought he was disappointed at Cheltenham. Never travelled. Um, I tipped him up each way, but he was blessed really to finish third. He was beaten 25 lengths. If you look at him earlier in the campaign, he didn't really look like a horse that wanted to be stepping up and trip, even though he did at Cheltenham. Um, and Flamebearer, he's a lovely horse. Um, spoke to Pat Doyle before his last one. Pat Doyle would have sold St. James's, James's Gate, the horse in the bumper. He's some really good horses that he sold, but he has this lad. Um, he looks like he'll relish stepping up and trip. Did really well to extricate himself from the position he was in to beat Hador at Ferry House. This is a much better race. Um, I think it's a serious, seriously good race. Probably a no-bet race, but if bullet to the head, I, I really like three-stripe life in terms of running well. If it's bullet to the head, I think it's too late, isn't it? It's gone to the head, surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 three strap life is Paul Kilcruz. <laughs> <laughs> three strap life 11 to 4 best price uh, with a few phones there uh, the one for Johnny uh, Ed I'd echo a lot of Johnny's sentiment here I think it's, it's it's brilliant race but it's quite muddling isn't it uh, with three stripe life it's how much is left in the tank uh, I take on board what um, Johnny was saying with Kilcruz um, perhaps he doesn't want to go a big trip but I mean he was shaped how should we say when he was at his peak like he'd get a trip and I just wonder whether they just didn't have him right earlier in the season and but again, as you say, he was beaten 25 lengths in the spring. State man, by the same token, he doesn't strike me as a horse. He wants two and a half. I suppose he did win on mm. the new course at Cheltenham in the county hurdle, which is a lot more influenced on stamina, uses SA. But he, he travelled well and he kind of quick and clear up the hill. Um, again, uh, flame bearer, I don't quite put a handle on. Ah, this is this is tricky. Uh, I mean, three stripe life I want to go with, but... Again, miles on the clock this season would be my worry. State man, I'm not totally convinced. Today. Again, if you were going to put the uh, bullet gun, whatever, to my head, I, I would, <laughs> I would, I'd be tempted to roll the dice with Kilcrit just up in trip. I just don't think they've ever had the horse right, and he is, he is two from two at the track. He clearly comes alive here, and it could just be uh, this is his time. Uh, but all in all, uh, a real trappy contest. Well, I'm not really shocked if um, you know three or four of these, any of these, could win it really. Yeah, Kilcrit, the one, Kilcrit. The one for, for Ed there um, at 92, but tentative selections, it's fair to say, um, for, for those two in that one. Uh, one just quick touch on the uh, the 710, which is the uh, the novice hurdle. Um, shame we'd have Andy here because he could give us some of his speed figures, but but a couple of kind of likely types in there. Micromanage obviously used to have a, a big reputation. El Fabiolo um, as well. Hador, any of these kind of fancies of your you guys coming into this one? Any, anything can step up? It, it'll be it, Willie Mullins is the key to this race. Obviously, mm. um, for me, El Fabiola was probably unlucky um, at entry. I think um, Paul Townend would probably want the race again. He was just a bit unlucky, was it, at the second last where he was quite badly in fear. But Mike Romani's very good horse in the flat. Um, I could see him running well, but I think Paul Townend's probably on the right one here. It's it's mad all these novice hurdles and how like good some of these races mm. are, despite the fact there seem to be about twelve novice hurdles in the first three days alone. <laughs> it's another very good race. Yeah, absolutely.
Ed, anything to add, or should we move yeah, on well, Saturday? I, I just thought it was, it was a mighty run from Al Fabiolo, uh, to be honest mm. with you, at Aintree. I mean, he, he was quite weak on exchanges before the off. And on just his second start, uh, to run John Bond that close, you could make excuses as well that perhaps he, on another day, could have won that. Uh, what's interesting with him, though, I, they put the hood on for the first <clears> time last time out, which I thought was a worry for the horse for his second time under rules. I believe that the hood's coming off here. I, mm. I don't know why the angle is with that, um, given that he seemed to, you know, take to the hood last time out but maybe they think he's a quirky type and they've got to perhaps mix things up a little bit with him but um yeah Al Fabiolo that was a mighty run bring on the night uh he's jumping got found out didn't it in the supreme I think it's fair to say he, he just you know was that supreme for me even so though is still you know eight legs back of John Bond if you ignore the, the winner yeah exactly I, I just think he, it was um it's one of those I just think he's got to jump better well, what I'm trying to say is I, I was shocked with Al Fabiolo for such an unfurnished horse how good he was shall we say last time out and yeah on balance you'd probably say Paul Townend is on the right one so um not a race I'm, I will be having a bet in uh, I think there's a little bit too many question marks but um yeah fascinating nonetheless right that brings our Friday previews to a close we're just going to have a look ahead at one race uh, on the Saturday's card uh, as we say recording to Wednesday afternoon so it's a bit early really to get stuck into Saturday's racing but we do have the champion four-year-old hurdle uh, which sees Vauban uh, Vauban and Fedor lock horns again Vauban four to seven favorite ahead of Fedor at seven or two Il est Teton is 15 to two Gaelic Warrior eight to one Brazil 10 to one with Pied Piper Icar Allen uh, also 10 to one 20 to one bar the rest uh, Johnny, I mean, you look at the top two and, and it looks like another match between them, uh, given the Cheltenham um, form. Can, can you see anything else take place there? Can you see any other squeaking in? No, I think Volban wins. Um, for me, he's got a bit of a, got a bit of an X factor about him, the way he sort of overcame that little issue he had at the last at Cheltenham. I mean, he looked the winner the whole way. And then you're thinking, um, is he going to be done here in terms of just that lock, like kind of that loss of momentum? And again, this is not scientific, but the ability he showed to find that extra gear after that marks him out as something a little bit different. I know they're talking mm. about a potential, um, you know, Melbourne Cup, which I, I I love people thinking like that, that you you can, you know, like Emmett Mullins has kind of, he targets race in America, he buys falls in Japan, he runs the Grand National with the horse that was running a, a bumper of the year, a year earlier. I like thinking outside the box. I like the fact that Willie Mullins, um, is is very very keen to win the Melbourne Cup such that and I believe this to be true he once got a first class flight to Australia to see a horse of his work before the Melbourne Cup <laughs> and then came back so he got a flight to Australia and came back within 24 hours now maybe he was traveling first class but at the same time it shows the the, the manner of the man this horse could end up running there but before all of that I think he wins this I reckon he just loaded up a really good set of podcasts. He'd suddenly found out about the Odds Checker betting show and he was like, get me there. I need hours uh, to listen to the guys talking about racing. Uh, Ed? Yeah, I think Vauban wins. Uh, again, the ground, look at the weather, harp on about it like, um, you know, a Michael Fish wannabe, but uh, they're probably going to have to chuck a load of water down. This is going to be rattling quick by by Saturday afternoon, is it not? And Vauban, clearly a horse with gears. I think, yeah, it's everything's right for him. I'd be massively worried about the ground for Phil Dorr. Uh, I be, wouldn't be shocked if they actually pulled him out on this. Uh, I think he wants a... I think the ground was just about hanging on for him at Cheltenham, where he got away with it on the, the new course with a huge hill in the Triumph Hurdle. Um, I think ground conditions could be a bit quick for him here. And funny enough, the ground conditions would be perfect for Pied Piper, who... Uh, on a side note, I believe they're going to go Royal Ascot, aren't they, for one of the one of the mm. staying races there. They're going to give him a bit of a flat campaign. But um, 
Yeah, I think Vauban will win, but I, I think the horse that could follow him home will be the... He was the hipster's choice, wasn't he? You know, when you go to some of those Shoreditch grungy bars, like on a, which I know you, you do all the time, George, like on a Friday night, you know, um, asking for some kind of cocktail which no one's heard of, and, you know, the bar staff are panicking and sweating up trying to make it for you. That um, he uh, Ilete Tomp was the hipster's choice for the for the Triumph Hurdle on the back of his run at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, but actually watching back in the Triumph Hurdle, he was incredibly keen with old canny Danny Mullins mm. on board. He was still actually watching the race back. He's pulling, uh, jumping the second last. Uh, I, I wonder, yeah, tacky ground uh, in a Triumph Hurdle. What I'm trying to say is I think it was a bit too much emphasis on stamina here. I think he's quite a quick course. I think they just he wants to get on with things. Uh, I think he, um, how shall I say, I hope Phil Dorr does run because I think he will buffer up the market a little bit here. And um, I think uh, Vauban to beat Ilete Tomp. That would be the uh, the forecast play. You know, he's he's Ilite Thompson's been five lengths behind Vauban uh, and then eight and a half at Cheltenham. But uh, again, I think With there's a excuses. bit too much. Yeah, too mm. much, but too much emphasis on the actual stamina side of things. I think it's to be a relative more test of speed, which we'll see. Ilite Thompson, uh, positive word there from Ed, uh, and that brings our final Punchdown Festival preview to a close. Uh, we've already done one, two, three. And this is four and five as well. Apologies, we'd have to have more to talk about on Saturday. But you know, with the racing as it is uh, and, and no prices around, we thought we wouldn't waste your time by doing so. Do download the Odds Checker app now for the very best prices. Bookie offers free bets and place terms as well as, as well as Andy Holdings tips straight to your app every morning of racing. I'll be speaking to Andy on Friday ahead of the Guineas weekend as well. So do check that out on the Odds Checker YouTube channel or on any podcast provider as well. Thank you very much as ever to both Johnny and to Ed. Cracking stuff, guys, uh, as ever. So please, uh, hopefully uh, there'll be some winners in there, but please, as ever, do gamble responsibly.